What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Good morning, everyone. Happy Wednesday. It is Rachel Silver Cohen and the one and only Dr. Boca. This is Unpolished Therapy. And here we go. It's another episode. Let's just jump right in. Hi, Dr. Boca. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? What are the choices? (laughs) Well, I'm hoping that some of them are good. You're doing great. Stellar. Eh? A, great. B, stellar. C, Eh? A and B combined, D, yes. none of the above. D is going to be your favorite word, fine. <laughs> oh, fine, I'm fine. No, I'm actually good. It's weird though. I'll tell you this. So happy summer, everyone. Let's just back up for a I minute. I guess it. we're like officially, it's summertime. And for the first time in now two years, we really can define a summer. It's not just another day on the calendar. That's a Groundhog's Day, right? So let's take a minute and just say happy summer. Happy summer. It feels so good. I mean, not outside because it's like so hot and humid, but it is so good. The kids are done with school. We are starting summer vacation. It's like we were hoping and praying for this for so long and here it is. Well, and you know, I always say it's like, be careful what you wish for. It may come true. And I am the self-proclaimed Ali Sheedy. Like I have nothing to do. So I'm going to just go to detention on Saturday. So it's like, be careful what you wish for. It may come true. My children left me. Like they flew the coop, literally. And now I'm like, oh my God, my now what-itis sets in. So I'm like this little bird with my nose pecking around like, oh my God, it really is summer. It's a real summer. The kids aren't here. It's quiet in the house. There's no laundry to do. There's no dishes in the sink. What do I even do with myself? It's crazy. Well, the fact that you're even asking yourself what to do, I'm like, oh my God, I would kill for that opportunity. I mean, your kids go away for the summer and mine do not. So it's a very different experience. But I do appreciate the fact that when we're constantly doing and we're constantly doing housework and working and catering to our kids and schlepping and doing for them and all of that, that the silence is like eerie, like very eerie. And it's almost like, oh my God, wait, if I do nothing, do I like fail the summer? Like, am I going to be, am I going to be judged on what I've accomplished this summer? So I can appreciate that it's probably a a hard place for you to be, Rachel, knowing. Yeah. Well, you're like telepping my mind. You're (laughs) definitely reading my mind because I look at the calendar and I'm like, all right, they're gone for 11 minutes and I need to take my temperature of ambition and do goodness and all the things that I couldn't do because they were around and now I can do. Have I done it? And I'm cognizant of it. And I know it's just a stupid way to use energy in a way that could be more well-served in other ways. But I'm finding that I have to reel it in. And the last couple mornings, I have woken up and before I open my eyes... Also, let me just back up. You know, Being in this new house, I'm also still learning like the sounds of the house and the way that the house rocks and moves and whistles and so on and so forth. And it is kind of cool. I have to tell you, as a young lady, one of the things I pride myself on is I'm not a scaredy cat. So I don't have the boys here now to kind of, quote unquote, protect me from the boogeyman or whatever, because I'm such a ghoul that I'm like... Those kids that wouldn't get out of bed to help you. Exactly. Exactly. Can you imagine? Right, right. One of the things that I am doing now that the house is so quiet is I'm really taking notice and stock 
of the new sounds and creaks and whatever. And I'm trying to just sort of make my way and ask for permission in this new home of mine to just welcome in whatever maybe some of the eeriness or I always like darkness. Like it's just part of my range (laughs) to kind of... I like the good stuff, but I kind of like the evil and what lurks behind closed doors and nighttime. And I'll tell you this, the house we're in now, there's no fence and we're on the water. Mm-hmm. And for me, that feels so freeing and open. Oh my God. Um, Are you kidding? I don't feel claustrophobic at all. However, being in Florida, of course, everyone, you have to be careful of the alligators, alligators right? Like I'm freaking out for you. No, but I'm so like oh intrigued. God. And every morning before I wake up my eyes, I'm like, am I going to see an alligator today? And before the kids left that when we had first moved in here, I did have to say to them, guys, You're not babies anymore, but you need to be mindful that if you're in the backyard, there could be like real wildlife out there. And please be careful. I don't want to be on the news for kids in Boca get eaten by alligator, mom negligent, (laughs) going to jail. (laughs) Wait, but I'm fascinated by this because I'm literally sitting in your office right now recording. Yeah, so look. No, I just looked behind out the window and there really is no gate. I thought that was like required. Are we going to like just get you in trouble now and there's going to be somebody? Nope. And I know all about this. This is actually like one of the tools in my toolbox from previous homes I've had. It is not required to have a gate even if you're on the water, unless you have a swimming pool. And this house does not have a pool. Okay, that's Um, why we have to have Yes. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, I did not know that. What do you think that's all about? I don't know. I think that maybe people feel as though live on the water at your own risk. And if you want to get eaten by an alligator, that's not you. I mean, like the alligator shouldn't think that the pool is a bathtub or something. Like it's such a random little thing. I would just think that everybody would have to have a gate. But hey, totally an aside. I just found that fascinating. But if you do have an alligator in your backyard, could you take a picture for us? Yeah, well, it just so happens the other day, right after I was like making my big announcements that buyer beware, be careful of alligators, there happened to have been a baby alligator right in the neighborhood and not even like lurking near the water. It was kind of like on the sidewalk. And it was insane. I did. I stopped. I took a picture. I sent it to the kids. And I said, you know, this is what I'm... (laughs) I'm not making this up. Sometimes you think I'm just talking to hear myself talk and to lecture, but I'm not. And holy shit, not only it was a baby alligator, which... One might say, oh, well, it's just a baby alligator. No. When you see a baby alligator, you have to be even more cautious because mommy is definitely not far behind. And she's not going to be happy if you get her baby. We had one in our development the other day. Somebody took a picture and put it on our Facebook page. It was in their pool. I was like, oh my God, if I wake up to that, I am moving literally. No, see, I am so intrigued. And I'm not saying, oh, I'm such a thrill seeker that I'm going to like jump in the pool and hang with the alligator. But that's not something that would freak me out. I would want to, proverbially speaking, like test the water to kind of just observe and watch. And I don't know. I just think there's something really kind of cool about it. Better you than me. I mean, we see them on our camping trips all the time and they're in our lakes and stuff, but we have a gate. Well, when you're on your camping trips, like do you like bear? I've been on trips where I've seen bear before. So I've been on trips that we've seen bear, um, not when I'm actually camping, but like when we would be driving down the road, we would see bear. So anybody who knows me and we can psychoanalyze this till the cows come home, but I'm petrified, absolutely petrified of snakes, like petrified. 
And um, we were camping a couple of years ago or months ago, whenever I've lost track of time, but we were camping and twice actually. Once we were in North Carolina, I think it was North Carolina, it might have been South Carolina. And we went to like, um, I don't know, like a place where you go and you learn about the wildlife. It wasn't a zoo per se, but it was something like that. And they're telling us about all the indigenous poisonous snakes. And it's actually, they, they call them venomous snakes, the indigenous venomous snakes. I couldn't even look at the sheet because I had all the pictures of the snakes and like I could start sweating. So we get back to the campground and this native to that area. So they had like this really thick accent that clearly was the antithesis of my accent. And they were saying, y'all look look out because there was um, there was a copperhead in mm-hmm in the campsite. And so I'm thinking, campsite? Okay, well, this is like 50 acres worth of land. Like the copperhead is nowhere near me. And when my husband went and got clarification, they literally meant in our campsite, like where our tent was going to be. So you should have seen me race into the tent. I put on my Uggs and I was like, meanwhile, it's like 100 degrees outside. I was not putting my feet on the ground of anything. I would sit on top of the picnic table. So fast forward, I made it through. Thank God there was no snake. But fast forward, we go on our last camping trip and we had our dog with us. I literally sat out for one hike. I did everything else. I did the kayaking. I did the walking. I did the biking. I did everything in this place, in the state park. And I literally sit out for one walk and my husband comes back and he shows me a picture that literally the first step that they took on the hike was a water moccasin that was staring right at them. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, did you keep the kids away? Did you keep the dog away? Like, I'm dying. Meanwhile, my dog was like not even phased. I'm like, great. My genius dog like wasn't even going to be the protector that he was supposed to. My kids were fascinated. I wouldn't leave the camper. Like I would not go outside. I was so petrified by this. So you keep the alligators, you keep the snakes, you keep the lizards, you have your little nature crew. I'm very fine never seeing that type of wildlife. Yeah. You would not be good if like you were my partner on like an outward bound experience or if we were on like the amazing race, let's say, and we had to, you know, hang out in the jungle for a while and find our own food and water and so on and so forth. So I'll know to ask somebody else to... But we can do a podcast. Like we can be great partners doing this, but not that. Sorry. Totally. So be careful what you wish for. It may come true. It's very, very quiet around here now. And I'm still getting my sea legs relative to how do I progress into this summer and feel productive, but also kind of take a load off. And I know you kind of have the same personality as I do. Like I look at the calendar and even though, again, like Ali Sheedy, I have nothing to do. So I'm going to go to detention. I look at the calendar and I'm like, oh my God, the summer's over. And I know other people have that mindset too, that it's like, hurry up and wait or be careful what you wish for. It may come true, et cetera, et cetera. We do all this planning and then it's like, wait a second, we've done all this planning. Did we even take a moment to enjoy all the stuff that we had planned, right? Absolutely. And I will say that summer is over when you look at my calendar right now, legit over. But I would say to you, Rachel, you have been through so much this year with all these moves and all of these headaches and just... I mean, the last several years with all the adjustment. But yes, like me, you want to do a million things. I'm going to tell you this summer, this what is going to be most productive for you is slowing down and enjoying the moment and enjoying the quiet and enjoying not having to do the laundry for somebody else and enjoying not having to make dinner for somebody else or put out fires left, right, and other. Go out, enjoy yourself, connect with people, connect with yourself. That is going to be the measure of progress and accomplishment for this summer. If I could be a therapist for like two seconds. 
That's yeah. Fine. All right. And speaking of you being a therapist, let's just remind everyone, disclaimer, disclaimer time. This is unpolished therapy. So it's not real therapy. We've ditched the couch. We've grabbed the mics. We're breaking down the wreckage. We want to protect Dr. Boca and her practice in real life. So there you go. That's my little unpolished disclaimer. Um, but you're it. right. And thank you. And what I had started to say, and then I guess I just like ran off on a different mental track, was in the morning... Before I open up my eyes, I kind of... This is a, a little vulnerability thing here. I have this little mantra that I do. And I always say, I am open and receptive to all the things I expect in my life. And I kind of rattle off what those things are. Obviously, good health and happiness and... um you know, um, financial success and, and security. That's always kind of right up there on my list because that's part of my Michigas. But, you know, the fulfillment piece and the love card and feeling as though I'm giving back a touch to society as big or small as that may be, but to kind of doing whatever I can do with a brand new slate every day that we're so blessed and lucky that every day is a new day. Now, it's not to say, and here's you know the truth serum coming out, that before I open up my eyes in doing this little mantra, it's because I'm not calm. <laughs> I'm not waking up feeling as though, you know, yay for the day. I'm waking up kind of with a, a minor little pit in my stomach as to what do I have to accomplish today in order to check off the list, blah, 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 blah. So I am trying to give myself a little bit of grace that, so what? So thank God there's these tools that can help me through it. Another truth serum moment, if we back up to uh, several episodes ago with the meditation. <laughs> I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. I, I, do. Not, I have not really kept up on the meditation piece. So maybe one of the tricks of the trade for the summer would be to jump back into that a little bit. Absolutely. That's taking time for yourself and focusing in on that for sure. And, and again, Look, this is not the first thing you learn when you do meditation. And Tani told us this when we did it is it's not perfection. It's a, it's a practice and it's a practice for a reason. And there's a reason that we have to do it. It does calm us down a little bit. And as you're talking about the mantra, I'm thinking to myself, okay, she's saying this, yet I know what's going on in the back of her head right now is like 8,000 things are yeah. in the back of your head, right? So it's kind of just setting it. What would a day look like if Rachel didn't do anything or didn't get anything done? Would that be a success? Have you ever had a day like that? Well, over the course of my almost 49 plus years, I'm sure. But in the recent years of got to get it done, got to get it right, got to make it happen because nobody else is here to pitch in. Probably not. And that isn't to say, and I want to be honest about this, that isn't to say that there haven't been days of low productivity because of mm -hmm. course there are. There, I mean, as it stands right now, we had taken a break for a couple of weeks and all that. And here I am, the world has opened and I'm back in sweatpants or still, I should say, yeah, in sweatpants and whatnot. So the measure of the productivity, I think, changes a little bit. I still have to work, you know, real work. So mm -hmm. that never stops. It's kind of like, you know, New York City, the city that doesn't sleep. Well, I'm, you know, the unpolished person who is feels like I'm constantly working, but but that's that's not a choice. That's out of survival Respons mode and and responsibility. Sure. And I'm not bitching about that anymore. I kind of did let that go because welcome to the world people. We have to work to make the world go around. So I'm okay with that. Um finding a little bit more fulfillment Mm -hmm. in work, I think is something we can add to the list. And that's why I enjoy doing the podcast so much with you. Because yeah. even though it is time that needs to be carved out from the regular rat race of 
what has to be done to keep things moving on all cylinders. This is passion and this is real creativity. And this is something that kind of feeds my soul more than the nonsense, quote unquote, real work. And if we could bridge the gap a little bit at some point to make real work be passionate work and then have that translate into something that really makes a difference. Now that would be something that would be awesome to wake up to every morning. I mean, if I didn't hear a plug for anybody who would like to sponsor one of our podcast episodes or anybody who would like to advertise with us um, to help make this a responsibility that has passion or a passion that has responsibility and make those two things come together, I don't know what then what I did here. Yeah. So maybe we put that on the list. Oh, uh, put it out to the, the universe. Well, we put it out to the universe. And speaking of that, a week or so ago, I had mentioned something that I had read and I didn't want to take credit for. I guess it was along the lines of if we put other people first, we're teaching them that we're putting ourselves last. And we kind of yeah. broke that down a little bit. There was something recently also that I read to your point about putting it out to the universe that I never thought of it like this. And I thought this was interesting. Typically, we hear, we manifest what we want to get back from the universe, right? Or we put out what we want to receive, okay? But I read something and I'm probably going to completely botch the way that it's really supposed to be spoken. But the phrase was, we don't manifest what we want to attract. That was the word. We attract what we are, So I thought that was kind of interesting. Think about that. I always was taught or I've read or learned or whatever that if you want something, you have to put it out to the universe and that's how it, it manifests and so on and so forth. And that's what the universe returns back to if you subscribe to that theory, right? But the ideology now that you attract what you are, meaning it's probably right there for us to take it and grab it. We just have to actually do it. I guess that's the way I'm interpreting that. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I'm processing. I'm a little slow. It's been a long day, but well, it hasn't really been a long day. (laughs) (laughs) It's summer. Come on. Whatever you wish for, it may come true. Right. Okay. So I guess when I'm working with my patients, a lot of times I say, if you're coming at it from a need, Mm -hmm. right? you're going to attract somebody that's someone. I'm going to use this in in the form of a relationship situation. It could be anything. But if you're coming out of desperation or a need, you're going to attract somebody that's going to fill that need. But that need might not be what serves you. So therefore, we would want to not have to have that need and find that fulfillment someplace else so that we could attract somebody who we would choose to want to be with. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around what you're saying in relation to that. You're basically saying that who I am today is I would attract somebody that would be who I am, right? Like, Well, yeah, except the thing that's so interesting, and I love this little role reversal in terms of interpretation, is that when I read it, I wasn't thinking at all about people necessarily. Mm, I was just thinking of it in general, General. relative to what I had said before about the fulfillment piece or the passion projects and creativity Mm. and whatnot. So let me repeat it. And again, this is all kind of just shooting from the hip here because I I don't have it in front of me. But it was something along the line. So bear with me again if I mess it up a touch. But it was, you don't manifest what you want to attract, Mm. okay? Which is, that's typically what we do here, right? Mm-hmm. You, you manifest what you're looking for, what you want to attract, et cetera, okay? Instead, you attract what you are. So I looked at that as like-mindedness. If you are 
ambitious, let's say, if you are creative, if you are a fulfilled individual per se, that's what's kind of coming back to you. Maybe you and I can come up with our own definition and maybe bridge the gap a little, find that balance, right? Because I'm sitting here saying, you know, oh, if only work could be a little bit more fulfilling, or if only we could put our energies into something that truly was a passionate project. So what does that mean? Just continue to do more of it. And and then I guess, I don't know, by definition, it comes back to you in spades. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever... I mean, even though I subscribe to the philosophy or the ideology of putting it out into the universe, I don't think I've ever played it out into what that expectation is back, I guess. So I'm working with you here and I'm trying to process it and I'm seeing it from all different angles. I don't know. I have, I have to mull on this one. All right. So mull it over. Well, over the summer, when things are a little bit quieter, right, my summer's over. Your list, even though your summer's over and it's like it just started. Yeah, um, literally, my summer's over. But so are you can- Camping this summer? Are you going on a camping yes. trip or getting no, the RV out? We are, and there are no snakes. I was told mm. there are no snakes. Yes, we are heading out and we will spend several weeks on the road. Nice. God willing, right? Assuming nobody gets um, hurt in the process of making this movie, so to speak. So we're going to do a couple of weeks out on the road. I think we're going to go up to Georgia which will be interesting. We'll see how that goes. And uh, hopefully it'll be fun, like working like a dog until we go and action-packed. And you? So, well, I'm around. Um, obviously, as I just mentioned, it's it's very quiet here and, and be careful what you wish for. It may come true. I don't know. And I'm hoping to maybe find some some fun, you know, maybe midsummer. I got to work, obviously. So yeah. I, I am going to try to practice a little bit what I preach of just trying to take each day in stride and enjoy the quiet, enjoy kind of not doing for others and whatever I do do, doing for me. But that Good. leads me to a question relative yeah. to it is summer. And if I have the question, I always say it probably probably means our listeners do too. So my question is, now that we are here in what seems to be a quote unquote real summer from the pre-COVID summer days, putting your doctor hat on now, I asked the question, how do you think the kids will do going back into the world as we once knew it relative to what I mean by that is no technology, no media, those kids who do escape and have that privilege of the sleep away and mm-hmm. they're really unplugged, which we all yes. could use, even adults. How do you think the kids today will fare coming from that psychological aspect mm-hmm. and what we've all been through now that we're saying goodbye to the kids and even that separation too. I, and right. I'm, again, I want to just say one. one more thing and then I'll let you jump in. My piece, again, you know, be careful what you wish for, uh, saying goodbye to my kids after all of my ranting and raving, me telling you stories about the entitlement and things of that nature, when we actually said our goodbyes, Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I was a sad mommy. Yeah, I was crying and it felt awkward and weird. And we have spent so much time together and there was so much mothering and smothering and hovering. (laughs) So relinquishing that, it was something else. It was unpolished. So what are your thoughts? You know, I think you hit on both of them. I think the first thing is we have spent a lot of time. And although at times it was trying and it was, it led into wanting to pull out our hair and our hair turning gray and all of those wonderful things, there is something to be said about being able to have that opportunity to spend the time together. 
And so I do think that some of the goodbyes are going to be at the beginning a little challenging. I think there's excitement, especially for these kids to get out. And it is so good for them to go away and be with their friends and and connect with outdoor stuff and playing football and baseball and, you know, arts and crafts and whatever the case may be. And having those friendships again that are really, you know, everybody who's gone to sleepaway camp in their life will say that, you know, being at sleepaway camp is being home. You know, it's their special place. Mm -hmm. So going back and reconnecting is going to be amazing. And not having the technology will psychologically be so good for these children. They need it. They've been like quadruple dosed on it or eight, whatever eight is or 10 is. I mean, it has been like these kids have been on technology and technology, even school was on technology and technology. So it's definitely good that they're, they're disengaging. But I do think that the parents are going to struggle a little bit more. Whereas in the past, these parents used to just be like, sayonara, baby. And they would be on the plane to Europe. I think a little, a, a few of them are not going overseas right now because they're concerned about the COVID crisis happening in camp. I think that traveling in the States right now is for many people cost prohibitive. It's cheaper to go to Europe, but people won't go to Europe because they're afraid in case their kid gets COVID. So I think it's just the separation part of it. And I think even as parents, we're just adjusting back into the real world. Our lives really changed. Like most of the kids' lives changed, but over the course of the last couple of months, at least down in Florida, these kids have gone back to school for the most part that have wanted to. They've been social, they've been playing, they've been out, they've been hanging out together. So I think the kids did a better job than we have of re-engaging and going back into the vortex of life again because you know, going back into the office for a lot of people hasn't happened yet and going back to a routine of traffic and, and drop-offs and pickups and all of that. It's just different. And so I think the kids are going to do a lot better than a lot of the parents are going to do. I think I'm happy with that response only because I'm always thinking about the kids. Like, okay, cool. So the kids are going to be doing all right. They'll be and okay. They're going to have so much yeah. fun. Is it, what, was that a movie or that the kids are all right? No, no, right? no. Like, you yeah, know, the I think I think there was a movie. The kids are all right. And, you know, we're only, we've talked about this several times, but I guess we're only as happy as our unhappiest child. So to put them back in a place where they are safe, we, you know, again, that the health issue, I'm a little queasy relative to will COVID not exist in that bubble? We certainly hope and we're cautiously optimistic. But to give them the opportunity to put them back in a place where they can detach and unplug and get back to basics, get back to really being a kid. And one more thing that I want to add, I think though that even though the parents are going to have a little bit more trouble with this, um, we sadly, and this is, it's a great coping mechanism, I guess, but it is sad, just like, you know, after 9-11 or just like other tragedies, we forget Right. So even though the initial stages getting back into this transition of going back into the world are going to be challenging, once we're back in it, we're going to pick up and we're going to forget a lot of the lessons that we learned about slowing down and quieting down and family time and all of that. So I hope at least me saying this will encourage some people to remember all the good that came out of COVID because there really was good that, I mean, it sounds crazy, but there was some good in terms of family time and slowing down and taking stock and reevaluating your your relationships and your friendships and things like that. So I think the transition initially, like all transitions will be challenging, but eventually we're going to get back in and we're going to, it's going to be like it never happened. Well, I think there's good and bad with that. I, obviously, I think it's great to get the world back up and running for a whole host of reasons, but the bad would be, to your point, if we kind of fall back into yeah. those societal norms of, of not taking stock and slowing down and taking advantage of the 
beautiful lessons we've learned. So if there's anything, maybe, again, be careful what you wish for. It may come true. We take out of today's episode is as amazing as it is that the kids are falling back into a routine that seems more familial and familial. Nope. Familiar. Familiar. Thank you. I got the word right. Uh, Okay. Thank you. I knew it sounded a little off. We still need to slow down and be mindful of the lessons that come out of slowing down and reeling it in and keeping it tight to the vest. So... That's my kind of gift to myself. And I'm hoping if, you know, just in the retelling it to our listeners, hopefully this summer you folks out there too will try to remember in the morning when it is a little quieter and the house is a little cleaner and there's less laundry on the floor and dishes in the sink to be so grateful for Mm -hmm. that. And, And you give yourself pause and a little pat on the back for making it all happen. But also remember those warm, cozy feelings of small moments. You know, I always say it's the small things in life that matter the most. And that's what becomes the big important moments and milestones. So to that point, I think everything that you said was, it was spot on, but those small moments, right? We spent, (laughs) we spent a couple of podcasts ago talking about what were two monumental moments in your life that left you with remnants, i.e. a wedding dress and a wedding picture. Mm. And I'm dying to know what the aftermath, while you went through the move, what you chose to do. I mean, oh, and the Ketubah, we have that too. Like I am dying to know what happened. And I know that that was such a change of topic, but it aligns to the idea that it's actually the small things and not these big monumental occasions that are really the most significant. Okay, cool. So thanks for bringing that up and shifting back because I will tell you, we did get some great feedback a couple weeks ago on, so what happened with the wedding dress? And what did you do with the ketubah? And did you get my email about my two cents on what you should do with the wedding pictures? So we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. I'll just kind of rattle it off. I listened to what you said on everything. And obviously, nothing got thrown out in the spirit of just like, got to get it done, got to get it done, moving, moving, moving. Of course, the ketubah came with me. (laughs) (laughs) It's still in the box. So you listened well, I see. You're right. And by well... um, Not not at all. I brought it and I just haven't gotten to it yet. That is on my list of things to get to this summer. It's still in the box. I will, someone actually, and you know, thank you, listener. We got an email from someone who said that with ketubahs or any type of scripture, um, that there's Hebrew writing on it or so on and so forth, if you bring it to the temple or any temple for that matter, they take it happily. And I guess at certain points over the year, they bury those type of things together with other things. And I guess that's because maybe it is sacrilegious to throw that stuff yeah, out. Yeah. You know, when I said it, I thought, maybe I'm not like Joju and a half. And I think maybe <laughs> there was like some burying that was involved and I wasn't using yeah. myself as like the, right. the connoisseur to get, but or not gets of like right. horses of whatever. Yeah, that sounds like so, it's more appropriate than throwing. Yeah, and I don't think I'm even going to do that. <laughs> I just wanted to thank <laughs> one of the listeners for reaching out to tell me to do that. 
But what I am going to do, and, and to your point though, is it will come out of the box. I will get rid of the frame. I will roll it up and kind of just tuck it away. To another listener's point, they had reached out and said, your wedding picture, there's not a shot in hell you should be getting rid of that. Correct. You have children and those children are the byproduct of that union. Yeah, get rid of the frame. No one gives a shit about the frame, Correct. but roll up that picture. You shove it in a closet or something and your kids will marvel at it down the road. And that was what you had said too, Dr. Yes. Broca. But to that point, that I will get, again, you know, honesty moment. I did pull that picture out to look at it and God damn it, I look good in that picture. So... <laughs> So I'm not so getting saving rid of it. it. Of course. Okay, so I am saving it. If it, even if it's for my own narcissistic what, whatever the whatever the motivation, yeah, Rachel. I'm, you we're go, saving girl. that one. Okay. okay. Um, and I just looked at it quickly, and I was like, "Damn, girl, you look good that day." And then I just put it back. But whatever. So we didn't throw that out either. And then finally, and I got some great feedback on the what did you do with the wedding dress? This one is still up to be debated, and then followed through on. But the wedding dress came with me. It is again. Again, it's just life. I mean, as I'm moving, I'm still working and dealing with the kids and whatever. So the dress came with me. It is still in the sealed box that's preserved. So we haven't broken the seal yet. However, okay. from the vast feedback that we did get, we're definitely taking it out of the box. We are trying it on. Excellent. I don't know if it's going to fit or not. I'm really crossing my fingers that it will just for my own ego. I don't know that it will. And then the feedback I had gotten was, if you want to keep it, keep it. If you want to dye it and do something fun with it, have at it. But if you are going to give it away, and they were fairly stern on this, under no circumstances whatsoever do you give that dress away with any... No one needs to say thank you. No one needs to know the history of the dress. You give it away willingly with grace and you hope that another young bride out there is just thrilled to death to have it, to wear it, to feel beautiful, feel like a princess, etc. So to the listeners out there who gave me that feedback, thank you. But also, Dr. Boca, you initially, I think in so many words, pretty much said that also. So <laughs> look, I'm just a human being. And sometimes I say things that are correct, in my opinion, and not necessarily in other people's opinion. But I'm glad that our listeners felt similarly to these things, because I do think that it's good advice that you're getting from our listeners. So... Yeah. So there you go. Be careful what you wish for. It may come true. I'm going to try that dress on and I don't know what's going to happen. But you know what? Take some pictures. We'll use it for social media. It'll be fabulous. Say We can benefit from all of this. I think it's great. You're going through a huge transition and the fact that you are going to follow through on all of these things. We're going to hold you to it, but I'm glad you have clarity on it. Absolutely. So look, with that being said, this is a fun sesh to kind of kick off the summer and wish everyone out there a a summer filled with whatever you wish it to be, whether exactly. it's travel, whether it's quiet, whether it's introspection, whether it's foresight and thinking ahead to what's to come. If you're unpolished and like me, maybe it's a combination of all of that, <laughs> right? And I just hope everyone is doing well. We're not going anywhere relative to the podcast this summer. So, you know, some people kind of do take off. We'll be around. Some of our podcasts may be every other week or kind of bits and pieces or whatever. We're going to have some grace with ourselves too. Dr. Boca is heading on the road in the RV. So we want to make sure that snakes and podcasts, you know, we don't know if that goes hand in hand. But we're going to do our very, very unpolished best to stay in touch with all of you and get some good 
material out to you and content. And as we always say, if there's any questions, concerns, topics that you want us to kind of break down the wreckage on and have us kind of chit chat about, we are happy to ditch the couch and grab the mic, etc, etc. We always love to hear from you, be it on social media, Instagram at Unpolished Therapy or Facebook at Unpolished Therapy, Twitter at Untherapy, I believe. The email that we are still trying to figure out how to get to, but we will, we will, and we'll read through every last one is unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. So hit us up, give us a shout out, reach out, let us know your thoughts, concerns, questions, cheers, jeers, all of the above. Dr. Boca, happy, happy summer. You too. Thank you. And to all our listeners, happy summer. Enjoy every minute. Happy, happy summer, everyone. Enjoy yourself. We'll be back next time on another episode where we ditch the couch, grab the mics, we break down all the wreckage. This has been Rachel Silver-Cohen and Dr. Boca for Unpolished Therapy. Take care, everyone. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage.